All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to thebarbershop.talk. Yeah, we decided to play a little of our uh, sponsor music in the background, King Cap. But however, if you are familiar with us, we are the podcast to talk about issues facing you, issues facing your community. If you talked about it on Saturday, we're going to talk about it today on our podcast. Hello, my name is J-Rod. I am your host. And I am in Out the Way Studios, located here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I am joined with my co-host, KC. Thank you, J-Rod. It is a pleasure to co-host Barbershop.talk podcast here in Out the Way Studios. I look forward to presenting topics we discussed in the shop, as well as the manner in which we discussed them. This would include the gamut from analytical to anecdotal, from critique to humor and fun, all in an attempt to present to the audience the real flavor of barbershop talk. You know something, Casey? I do have to say, I do like what you said, the real flavor of barbershop.talk. <laughs> I do have to say, I like that because in reality, what he's talking about is bringing those conversations from the barbershop right here on the podcast. And that's what I enjoyed the most. But before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our third host. And that is our artificial intelligence, which we call Arthur. Arthur, feel free to introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Arthur. It's a pleasure to co-host Barbershop.talk. Wow, that's impressive. Very good, very good. See what a few um, new microchips can do for artificial <laughs> intelligence. Is either that or the fear of the screwdriver, right? A combination. <laughs> okay, a combination. all right, I'm good for that. I'm good for that because he's no longer reminding the group that he's the most intelligent one in the room. So I do like that. Very good, Arthur. I would ask you, why are you doing that? I have a new attitude. That's what he said last week. So apparently he does have a new attitude. Keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> hey, well, I'll tell you what, Casey. Uh, the shop was very intriguing this Saturday. Because mm -hmm. you know in the shop, we, uh, listen, we listen to a lot of uh, radio, talk radio, YouTube, TikTok. And a lot of times that gives us a lot of our inspiration to talk about topics. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to play this video that really started the conversation off in the barbershop with a bang. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's hear it. We have established why black Americans are refusing to take the vaccines. This is also because of the past atrocities, such as the unethical surgeries performed by J. Marion Sims. If you are not aware of him, then I'll give you some clues. Here's another one. This doctor is a father of gynecology, but he used black women as tests without using any anesthetics, not to mention the Tuskegee syphilis study that exemplified the cultural of medical exploitation, abuse, and neglect of black Americans. <sighs> so yeah, that's why they refused the vaccine. Well, that that got us started. That got us started in the barbershop. They're talking about African-American refusing to take the vaccine because of the mistrust of the government. Now, this is what I would like to do, Casey. Mm -hmm. I think I would like to because I'm not certain if everybody know about the experiment. Uh, the Tuskegee? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people may have heard of it, but don't really know what it involved. Uh, not to mention a lot of other atrocities that uh, historically has gone on. Well, I tell you what, let's do this. I'm just going to uh, let Arthur give us a little bit of background 
in regards to that experiment. So we make sure that everybody's on the same page because I'm just not certain if everybody know about that. The Tuskegee experiment began in 1932 at, at a time when there was no known treatment for syphilis, a contagious venereal disease. After being recruited by the promise of free medical care, 600 African-American men in Macon County, Alabama were enrolled in the project, which aimed to study the full progression of the disease. No, that kills me right there. They want to study the full progression. Right. There's a lot of things about that that killed me. I'm going to tell you one of them, J-Rod. If you're going to have these black men get syphilis, at least let them have fun getting it. Don't get it from a shot. <laughs> you know, I kind of I agree with that. I mean, now that really sucks. <laughs> but that is terrible and terrible. Because, in fact, I'm going to let Arthur play a little bit more information, uh, you know, from their tracking, from the tracking from the full progression of the disease. So, Arthur, I want you to finish that, please. In order to track the disease's full progression, Researchers provided no effective care as the men died, went blind or insane, or experienced other severe health problems due to their untreated syphilis. Wow. Yeah, that's cold. And I think, uh, like I said, a lot of people are aware that there was uh, some kind of experiment that went on with uh, black soldiers and uh, black men in Tuskegee. And, and some are even aware that it was syphilis, but I don't think they know to the, the full extent that they gave these men syphilis, never told them that they had syphilis. Never, never. And they just monitored them until their deaths or, you know, to see what would happen as they progressed along. Yeah, because they even talk about going blind and other things. You know, that would really make you hate the government. And I mean really hate the government. Um, I hate you all so much! Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you know, I think that's a, a, a very terrible thing. Yeah. You've got to be kidding. No, we're not kidding. That was some bull. I mean, these mother, what I'm saying is they should be hanged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get us kicked off the air, KC. <laughs> you need to go quit all that. You're going to get us cut off. I mean, we're going to self-destruct here. You know, but that got me thinking. That really got me thinking. I thought about there has to be more out there that the government experimented on African-American or people of color that we are not aware of. Right. I mean, cause I'm pretty sure uh, we just hit the tip of the iceberg. Right. So from that one thing and like everybody was somewhat familiar with Tuskegee, right? Mm -hmm. But we knew there had to be more than just that to have such a angst against uh, the government uh, uh, wanting you to get vaccinated. So we did some research. Sure did. And and why don't you let them know some of the stuff we found, J-Rod. All right. Because actually, uh, we had to get a credit to Arthur because we asked Arthur to do a little bit of homework or some background work. And there was a test in regards to radiation that they did on African-American. And Arthur going to give you the background and a little bit of the info about this. It is disturbing. The radiation of black cancer patients. During the Cold War, the U.S. and the Soviet Union spent much of their time trying to figure out if they could survive a nuclear catastrophe. How much radiation could a human body take? This would be important information for the Pentagon to know, in order to protect its soldiers in the event they were crazy enough to start an atomic holocaust. Enter the seeming go-to-government choice for secret experimentation, unknowing African Americans. From 1960 until 1971, 
Dr. Eugene Senger, a radiologist at the University of Cincinnati, led an experiment exposing 88 cancer patients, poor and mostly black, to whole body radiation, even though this sort of treatment had already been pretty well discredited for the types of cancer these patients had. They were not asked to sign consent forms, nor were they told the Pentagon funded the study. They were simply told they would be getting a treatment that might help them. Now, how terrible is that? It's real terrible. Exposing them to all that radiation. Yeah. In fact, these were cancer patients. Yeah. You know, which so, is looking pretty bleak anyway. Yeah, it just sped them along the way. And, you know, and but some of these people before they died had kids and stuff, and their kids suffered uh, some of the consequences of this treatment. Uh, in fact, after this, you used to see uh, kids, you know, that that term started, man, that nigga got a shine to him. <laughs> I don't know if this is the one. I don't know if this is what cause it looks like to me. All these people passed. But you know what got me about this? <laughs> I, I want to tell you the outcome of this doctor. You'd think when this was exposed, you'd think that he would have went to prison. Or something would have Should happened. Have, or something worse. Yeah, but let me tell you what happened. This is what happened. Arthur, tell us what happened. Patients were exposed. Yeah, we know. You said that. You said the patients were exposed to all that radiation. Dr. Senger recently received a gold medal for career achievements from the Radiological Society of North America. Who is right? That is terrible. How somebody can do that to human beings and that and actually be awarded for it he got the yeah. gold medal mm. uh that is ridiculous so i'm not, i'm not i'm not liking that and again it's just another thing that we found from my research where the government have used medical experiments on the african-american community without consent so when people are refusing to take the vaccine especially african-americans there's some history behind it now, saying that, I'm not saying, Casey, that they shouldn't take the vaccine. No, no, because actually we should take the vaccine. I agree. But we understand the hesitancy among black people because of uh, uh, the history of this country. Uh, but the reason why we should definitely take the vaccine, uh, black people are dying at a much higher rate from whites from COVID. And that's due to a lot of underlying factors uh, and conditions that make us more susceptible to COVID, such as hypertension and diabetes, which is rampant in our community. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, we need to do this to protect ourselves. Now, I know there's a lot of hesitancy because of this, but you got to remember that this vaccine is being administered to everybody. And in fact, this vaccine has been administered to um, mostly white people. So it's not like they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so it, it, it disproportionately to uh, to white people. So it's not like you know they're trying to do an experiment just on us or something like that. I hear you. I hear you. So again, we just saying that we understand because of the history, and we had did some research to educate ourselves on other medical history that will cause us to have the attitude. But we are saying get that vaccination. Uh, are there more history? history yeah. about the government. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there, there was a, a project. It was called Project 4.1. What's really sad about this is this project involved uh, an island of people of color. 
and it was done again by the U.S. government, that they didn't even have enough respect for the people who lived on the island to name the project. It was just called Project 4.1. Yeah, you, you people don't matter. Yeah. So, Arthur, tell us about the Project 4.1. Project 4.1 was a medical study conducted on the natives of the Marshall Islands, who in 1952 were exposed to radiation fallout from the Castle Bravo nuclear test at Bikini Atoll, which inadvertently blew upwind to the nearby islands. Instead of informing the residents of the island of their exposure and treating the victims while they studied them, the U.S. elected instead just to watch quietly and see what happened. At first the effects were inconclusive. For the first 10 years, miscarriages and stillbirths increased but then returned to normal. Some children had developmental problems or stunted growth, but no conclusive pattern was detectable. After that first decade, though, a pattern did emerge, and it was ugly, children with thyroid cancer significantly above what would be considered normal. By 1974, almost a third of exposed islanders developed tumors. A Department of Energy report stated that the dual purpose of what is now a DOE medical program has led to a view by the Marshall Lace that they were being used as guinea pigs in a radiation experiment. That's exactly what they're using. Government, shame on you. Shame on you, government. Shame on you. <laughs> that is a shame. In fact, that was a very long time. You know, it started in 1952. Mm-hmm. And they just stood by and did nothing just all the way up to them, 1974. Yeah. Yeah, for 20 years. Yeah, and, and they're talking about children involved. I mean, that is horrible. Horrible. Damn. Yeah, it is. Again, from our government. See, we got all quiet on that because <laughs> it, it made me speechless. Okay. I didn't know what to say. What? Yeah. yeah, I know that's very confusing. <laughs> but however, remember, we're just telling you that, again, we're going to say that we are advocates for the vaccination, but we also do in our history understand why there is a distrust in the government. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you why. There's more stuff. More. More. More medical experiment <laughs> by the U.S. government. Now, on this one, KC, it's about Agent Orange. Now, oh, I, man. Yeah, yeah. You heard about that Agent Orange down in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you why this one hit home. Because uh, we do have a customer in the shop. You know, we'll witness, we'll call him Mr. Orange. That's terrible. That is terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the audience didn't like that one. <laughs> but I got I gotta tell you, um he came in because he wanted a haircut, right? Mm -hmm. And and his his skin was just it was terrible. Mm -hmm. And I and I think I have a civil duty to ask or inquire before I put some clippers on the head like that. Yeah. What's going on with you, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> so so I asked him, he told me it was in the uh Agent Orange. He said when he was in Vietnam, mm -hmm. uh they would spray that Agent Orange to kill all that, you know, that the jungle stuff. Mm -hmm. And they said that uh, they was talking about in his troops that they know that they were stationed there, but they do it anyway. The mm -hmm. African-American soldier. So he said a lot of them got infected with that Agent Orange stuff. And that was the outcome of that. Right. Yeah. That, that was pretty, 
That's pretty ugly. So our, our government is like a demon. Yeah. And that's how a lot of them got exposed to Agent Orange. But they wanted more. So they tricked some other ones into to getting it. Uh, the way they did it, they told them it was Kool-Aid. <laughs> no, I think that was Jim Jones. <laughs> oh, different thing. Oh, different thing. Okay. Man, it's like orange Kool Aid. Man, it's hot out here in this jungle. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> that is bad. That is bad. But they did use another group, mm-hmm. and they used uh, uh, some prisoners. Uh, so prisoners, people of color. Uh, but I'm going to have um, Arthur tell us a little bit about this Agent Orange experiment. Agent Orange experiments. Prisoners, like people of color, have often been the unwilling objects of evil experiments. From 1965 to 1966, Dr. Albert Kliegman, funded by Dow Chemical, Johnson & Johnson, and the U.S. Army, conducted what was deemed dermatological research on approximately 75 prisoners. What was actually being studied was the effects of Agent Orange on humans. Prisoners were injected with dioxin, a toxic byproduct of Agent Orange, 468 times the amount the study originally called for. The results were prisoners with volcanic eruptions of chloracne, severe acne combined with blackheads, cysts, pustules, and other really bad stuff, on the face, armpits, and groin. Long after the experiments ended, prisoners continued to suffer from the effects of the exposure. Dr. Kliegman apparently very enthusiastic about the study, was quoted as saying, all I saw before me were acres of skin. It was like a farmer seeing a fertile field for the first time. That is <laughs> disgusting. And I mean disgusted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just ugly. You're ugly, and you're ugly, and your mother ugly, and your sister ugly. You're just plain old ugly. Yep, yeah, that is our government. Man, that's tragic. And, and and to go on, these companies went on to develop these uh, prominent acne creams and make billions of dollars off of them. And none of these uh, guinea pigs that are patients, unwitting patients, received any of these proceeds. And not that that would justify what happened to them, but they didn't even share in any of the benefits from them sacrificing themselves for this. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. That's all they did is make cash. Off the expense of folks, and that's a lot of cash. Well, that is a lot of cash. They can stop <laughs> bringing that up. Money. <laughs> they still making money. They need to stop that. They need to stop that. You know, something? I think this is a good spot for us to stop, so we can recognize our sponsor. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go ahead and do that now. We're just going to go ahead and take a short break, and we're going to recognize our sponsor and play a little bit more of the jam because I do like the music. I do like his music. Now, uh, before we get started with his music, uh-oh, he's getting started already. That's right, that's King Cap. With his new song, you can find it on Spotify. Uh, in fact, they have other companies under King Cap, and one of them is King Cap Custom T-Shirts and Apparel. If you need to make an order or find out more information, feel free to email him at KingCap, and Cap is with a K, King, K-I-N-G, Cap, K-A-P, 317 at gmail.com. Please feel free to email him to make an order or just to find out more information. Now, our next sponsor is 421 Barbershop. 
located in Indianapolis, Indiana on Michigan Road. Again, that is 421 Barbershop, where good things happen to your hair. I also want to throw out that King Cap is available for live performances. So you can contact him to set up uh, live performances at your events. Man, you are absolutely right about that. And I mean, he be rocking and jamming when it comes to those uh, live events. And now you do get your money worth when it comes to that. So we got to talk about another one. Uh, and it's about Dr. Sam. This guy was crazy. The original Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Because uh, one of his projects is that he wants to experiment to find out. Uh, well, I really shouldn't say find out, but he to support his belief that African-Americans was less intelligent than the Caucasian counterpart. And so he believed this because he said that the... Uh, um, he believed that the skulls of African-Americans grew too quickly around the brain. So this guy wanted to do some surgery on some African-American children to uh, support that theory. Now, wait till you hear this. Ugh. This is crazy. Sims also believed that African-Americans were less intelligent than white people and thought it was because their skulls grew too quickly around their brain. He would operate on African-American children using a shoemaker's tool to pry their bones apart and loosen their skulls. In the 1850s, Sims moved to New York and opened the first ever woman's hospital, where he continued testing controversial medical treatments on his patients. When any of Sims's patients died, the blame, according to him, lay squarely with the sloth and ignorance of their mothers and the black midwives who attended them. He did not believe anything was wrong with his methods. Sims' practices ignited controversy during his lifetime, the medical community debated his methods, and some of his white colleagues even openly objected to his experiments, saying he took things too far. Now you know, when your colleagues start talking about you <laughs> yeah. went too far. <laughs> They're calling you a monster. That's right. Uh, also, I want to say that Sims also was considered the father of gynecology mm -hmm. but he he got this by doing uh experiments on enslaved black women oh wow who who weren't allowed to refuse consent and he was doing all these experiments on them uh without anesthesia uh often many of them died uh during his the course of his experiments that's terrible i mean this guy was a looney tune I mean, a seriously looney tune. Well, let me do this. Uh, now, it's a, it was a guy in our barbershop that really wanted to show another video to conclude this. Mm -hmm. Right. And this uh, he's a very he is a client of the shop uh, and he is a happened to be a Caucasian man. But he wanted to speak on this topic. He wanted mm -hmm. to speak so bad on this topic. So we said, go ahead. Right. And this is what he had to say item before the weekend is over and that involves our african-american friends and neighbors who may be still a little dubious about getting a COVID shot and for good reason there was the tuskegee experimentation and other things but the african-american community also suffers from hypertension diabetes and other illnesses which make them more susceptible than most to the worst ravages of COVID. there's a new study out a poll by the associated press uh, in late March, found 24% of black American adults said they will probably or definitely not get vaccinated. 
That's down from 41% in January. So that's progress, but it's not enough progress. Folks, I got it. We know leading African-Americans like Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, our vice president, who have gotten it. If you're black, you must get the shot. Your life matters. Thank you. Wow. Your life matters. Your life matters. Your black life matters. Your black lives matter. And that's coming from one of the white patrons at the 421. Absolutely. And I could appreciate him throwing it in because we're yeah. absolutely right, because we did say our lives matter. So act like it matters. There you go. Act like it matters. Well, I tell you what I'm going to do, Casey. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm kind of um, I, I have to say that this this podcast put a lot on my heart. I didn't know as many experiments from the government on people of color. And it, honestly, it kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, it was uh, eye opening and gut wrenching at the same time. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So I think I'm going to close with that uh, that client's remark when he said, "Your lives matter." And they do. And they do. And we want you to be responsible and act like they matter. Oh, protect ab- yourself and your community and your loved ones. Absolutely, because uh, you hit a very good point, um, Casey. You're not only protecting yourself; you're protecting others. And this is really no different than getting your children getting vaccinated to go to school. You do that. Uh, now, there are some other things we can talk about. We can talk about, you know, that the employers are requiring people to get the vaccination. We do got a lot of comment on that. But maybe we can pick that up on another podcast because I know our time is is running short. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and sign off again. My name is J-Rod. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us. We really do appreciate that. We do know for a fact that we cannot be successful without you. And so we just want to put a big thanks out. Now, also, I'd like to remind you, if this is your first time listening to our our podcast, please click follow. We would love to have you join uh, our group of listeners. I'm now going to turn it over to KC. And KC, feel free to turn it over or in the podcast. All right. I want to thank you for listening to Barbershop.talk podcast. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about our podcast, Barbershop.talk, available on your favorite podcast platforms. Let's have peace in the streets. Be safe, be wise, and be loved. And we say, Go Mob. That's right. That's us on Barbershop.talk. We do say, Go Mob. We're going to end with our sponsor, one of his songs. Get it on Spotify. Okay, it's time to turn it up, J-Rod. Uh-oh, here it is. We can rent Jam now. Oh, boy, King Cat. That's right, we're talking about King Cat. He is originator out of Indianapolis, Indiana. As you heard Casey said earlier, he is available for a live performance of any event you may have. It can be a party. It can be a family reunion. It can be a anniversary. If you want to have a good time, he's the one to call. Again, it is King Cat. Oh, you go, boy. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and sign off on barbershop.talk. Yeah. Oh, I understand. You know, Casey, he, he's jamming now. He, he can jam. Now, I'm going to have to calm him down. Uh, 
Now, let's see, here he goes again. Oh, he's, oh, he's having a flashback. He's having a flashback. We better end it now. All right. Thank you, listeners, for listening to us on barbershop.talk.